Hi everyone, this is Rayson Chu, your host for the Regacy Show and many of you have actually dubbed me as a celebrity whisperer because I have actually spoken with a lot of amazing celebrity entrepreneurs as well and tonight is no different, okay? But before we actually go and kick off the show, I believe a lot of us have actually heard a lot about how people want to be leaders and not managers. We talked about developing leadership skills, rally management skills. People often leave jobs due to feeling like they have been micromanaged, but unless we ourselves had a great leader to learn from, it can be hard to know how to transform from management to leadership. And that's why tonight we have a well-established financial consultant who is managing a lot of people, a lot of employees, a lot of teammates in his company. And this guy is very amazing. His name is none other than Carl Sanders. Okay. Good to see you, Rayson. Yeah, good to see you. And for that, this amazing guy, Carl Sanders, he's an entrepreneur, endurance athlete, and father of three. He challenges you to live a fulfilled life by embodying your core values. And not just that, as a financial consultant for two decades, Carl has led families to transfer their true worth, their values to the next generation. And not just that, he believes that life-changing money does not exist. Wealth only accelerates the direction of life. And he is not just a financial consultant, he is also the host of the Legacy on Purpose podcast, which I, yours truly, am really grateful to be featured on his podcast as well. And he features world-class athletes, leaders, authors, and even TEDx speakers who are living life on purpose by grounding their decisions on to their values. And Cal believes that who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. So without further ado, let's welcome the one and only Carl Sanders into the house. Woohoo! Thanks, buddy. Hey. Man, it is awesome to see you, man. I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. Such yeah. a gift to spend this time with you, man. I get when I see your face, man, I just I just get lit up. I get excited. Uh it's early here in the States. I haven't had any a cup of coffee, but just a good sip of race and chew, man, and I'm ready to rock, brother. Good to see you. Wow, awesome, awesome, awesome. And it's great to see you as well. And and for those of you who are tuning in live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and those who are actually listening to the podcast via audio later on in iTunes and Spotify, do check Kyle out later on. And of course, I would like to actually ask you, man, how how's, how's the state so far? I mean, like uh, the place that you're staying in right now. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's springtime here. Uh, we've got it's everything's in bloom. It's absolutely beautiful. It's my one of my favorite times of year to see the world kind of re-wake up from the winter. So it's absolutely mm. gorgeous. The the cherry blossoms, the pear trees, everything's in bloom. It's pinks and it's yellows and it's whites and it's vibrant and it's alive. Wow. Oh, how, how I wish I, we could actually travel and, you know, go to see this amazing, you know, cherry blossoms and even get to meet you and your family and even people like Carolee and, and all the other amazing stuff that you have and amazing peeps that, that are actually working with you for you as well. Wow, this this is amazing. That, that day will and, come, my friend. That day will come. 
Yes, yes, yes. And do you mind if you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've had the distinct honor and privilege of being a financial advisor for just a skosh under two decades. And so the majority of our clients are individuals who are looking to accomplish something significant and substantial in their life. Money is a tool to help them get there. So these are leaders, these are entrepreneurs, these are successful individuals who are serving their community in big ways. And I have the honor of guiding them, supporting them, and coaching them how to make their financial resources line up with the visions and intentions of their lives. The majority of these families are also interested in making sure that they have the opportunity to give the next generation, their children, a leg up on the competition, if you will. And so we teach them how to educate their children around the core values that the design and create success, not just hand them a big uh, wad of cash. We know that our core values and our core ethos as a human drive our long-term decisions, our long-term success. We know that. And so we guide and coach our uh, older generation clients how to instill the values that created the success inside their family to begin with, Um, not just uh, how to set up beneficiary forms and transfer money and leave it at that. Oh, okay. Interesting. Wow. So, so, so you said that you have actually been doing this for quite some time, right? You have been doing this like, well, like almost two decades already. So like, uh, how many people are you serving at this, at this point of time? Like, uh, do you, do you have like thousands of, um, families that you are helping and serving during, you know, this I love that question. I love that question. Yeah, because I think that's that's a common question I get is how many and and you know number one I have a team mm-hmm. around me and each of us focus and specialize in certain areas. So you know there is a reason that Kara was getting all the technology set up for this conversation yeah. for you and I. It's not my it's yes. not my wheelhouse and uh, she edits our podcast and manages our you know everything to do with the podcast. I just get to show up and have these delightful conversations. It's a true gift. So and we have other employees as well. So we have about 500 clients, and but when I share that, one of the things that's unique about the way we approach it is that um, I, I, don't, I don't help everyone. I'm not the right advisor for everyone. Not everyone needs a financial advisor, period, end of sentence. Not everyone needs some money. Um, yep. And so we, I'll spend 20 or 30 minutes with, with anyone, providing them the early guidance they need so they can get on, get the front end of the process and the journey done themselves. There is a part of the financial journey that should be a self-guided tour, should be. So, okay. um, so we help a lot of people um, outside of that four, 500 on a yearly basis get started on that self-guided portion of the financial journey. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's that's nice. That's nice. So, you know, you have been helping so many people. Five hundred clients or more right so before all this actually started what got you into financial advisory was this something that you've always wanted to do uh yeah that's an interesting question so my grandfather um and when i was in the seventh or eighth grade we go after we go to his house on sundays and he had something called macular degeneration he was partially blind so so he couldn't read so he lost the ability to read so I, as a little guy, I thought the world of my grandfather still do, even though he's not with us any longer. Um, he couldn't read. He couldn't read. So he asked me to read the stock quotes out of the newspaper for him for his portfolio. He uh, 
who was a very successful entrepreneur and businessman himself. He had invested in the stock market back in the 1940s, 1950s here in the US. Mm -hmm. And so he was having me read these quotes out of the newspaper. And, you know, even a little guy would notice that, hey, that these numbers keep going up like these like that, that like this, this stuff's starting to be worth more. And so I grew an early interest in investing uh, as early as is in eighth grade. And then so, you know, 13, 14 years old, um, I convinced my parents when I was a senior in high school to let me buy stock in Microsoft in 1997. So my very first uh, investment for a was into Microsoft in 1997. I wish I could tell you I put 10 grand in it, but I didn't have $10,000 then to put into it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's really, you know, it was really a remarkable experience where that stock went, my, that investment went from 500 to a couple thousand dollars in a pretty short window. And if you want to get a, a teenage kid's attention, let that happen mm -hmm. to him. Let that happen to him. Um, so I didn't know what direction my life was going to go in terms of where this passion was going to be and where this passion would lead me. But I certainly knew that at some point in time, uh, this just very authentic interest in investing was going to serve me from a professional perspective. Okay. Wow. That's, that's really, I would say something that not everyone would have gone through this period of time like you know having your grandpa um sharing asking you to go and read that stock market kind of a quote and all man how i wish i would have a grandpa who, who asked me that or even my dad asked me to do that right 100 yeah but man this, this is great you having someone to actually pick up this this uh positive habit in a, in, a, in a very young age. And then after that, you able to do that, uh, to actually realize that, hey, financial advisory can actually help me out and bring me to that, you know, status that I want to do, that, that thing that I, I really love doing, and that is investing and all this kind of stuff. So while you were actually doing this, right, you know, while you were actually going through that phase of becoming a financial consultant a, a advisor uh were there any challenges that you faced during that period of time yeah gosh i mean i was 22 23 years old when i started doing this so okay. i mean I, you know number one just credibility i mean you know not to say that I, I shouldn't have had credibility but at 22 or 23 but i certainly honored why somebody in their 50s and 60s weren't like Here's the million dollars I just spent the last 40 years saving. Here, you take care of it now, 23-year-old who looks, you know, who looks like you're 16, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the reality is, is that early on, I, you know, not only did I had to build credibility, but I had to build, and the biggest thing that I had to learn is humility. Yeah. Um, at 20 years old, I thought that I knew everything. I thought I was the smartest guy on the face of the earth, and then, you know, there wasn't, I mean, just the ego was extraordinarily out of control at 20 years old. And, and not to say I wasn't bright at 20, but, you know, you can still be extraordinarily intelligent and humble. And, mm -hmm. and without the humility, no one cares how smart you are. That's the thing yeah. I had to learn. And so, you know, the biggest thing that I had to learn is how to be a relatable human being. Like, I got the book smarts. I got the, I got the research. I did, like, that part was, you know, very authentic for me. But... Mm -hmm how to how to you know how to walk into a, a relationship with somebody 40 years my senior and, and show up in such a way that they they want to connect with me was was a big learning curve 
okay yeah i i truly agree man i mean wanting to be there to talk to all these people all these uh i would say way more older than us peeps the gen x especially and telling sharing them about how you can help them with their finances they will be thinking why would i be so silly to actually pass it to to someone that's way younger right but when you have that credential that you are actually helping this x y and z then all the more it can actually build your reputation in a sense and uh, i would like to actually ask you right you know you going through that challenge in, in during that phase right yes. credibility for you and all how do you actually find that inspiration to overcome that challenge that you were facing at a point in time yeah great question i you know for me what i what i began to understand is i began to be a student of relationships and student of human interaction so i got really really curious about why like why did that person not engage with me why did they not connect and i got just extraordinarily curious instead of getting defensive and say well i mean that person is an idiot right or, or whatever i think i wanted to say to, to deflect the discomfort that i had from that person choosing to walk away from me i just really really curious and said okay you know why might that have unfolded why did that happen i even asked i asked right when someone said i'm not going to work with you i said okay well i'm you know now that it's over i'm very curious why is it over right and you know some people were were brave enough to tell me the truth and for them I, for those relationships i'm extraordinarily grateful for that wisdom but i think the most transformational thing i did racing is i sat down and i asked the people who had hired me why why'd you hire me what values did i represent in your life what did that mean to you and what impact does that had on you because we're in relationship i didn't just guess why and why someone hired me i literally took the time to investigate it and do the research and each time i heard it it inspired me to understand the difference i was making i it inspired me to know that it was it was it wasn't the research it wasn't the data it wasn't any it was the way i was showing up in this relationship so the way i got inspired to work through this is i constant i created this feedback of understanding that the way i was showing up in certain relationships was serving and impacting them significantly and what i recognize is, is that i can i can like i can be in consistency with that i can stay in integrity with the way that was so I, I this is going to sound uh Snoop Dogg. I don't know if you know the rapper Snoop Dogg. He was interviewed. Yes. He goes he goes I would like to thank me uh for he was like the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He was like thanking himself for where he got for the late nights and the hard work. The reality is is I inspired me internally. Like it's it's not I didn't like there while there are people along the way, they were super impactful and they shared a piece of wisdom. The truth is that if I didn't want to become better and I didn't want to grow and I didn't want to change the way I was showing up with people, I could have read a thousand and one books. One one mattered, one lick. I had yeah. to change, right? And the what yeah. what helped me under change, unchange, and address and, and approach the way I was working with people differently, was those deep, vulnerable, courageous conversations to understand when I was showing up and making an impact, and when I was showing up and not. Well, man, that that's really really great i mean like having snoop dog to that that 
that that conversation that 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 speech that he had wow that was really amazing and that it really inspired you and not just that it now inspired me as well to actually go and youtube that speech later on to watch it and get it inside my head <laughs> and and you know um none of us can actually achieve success without some help along the way so was there a particular person who you feel gave you the most help or encouragement to be who you are today yeah 100 percent. so I've had a coach for over a decade, professional coach. Um, his name is Brian Strzok. He owns My Success Path. Um, he actually has clients in Singapore, believe it or not. Uh, here he's well, he's based out of Texas, but he's a. Um, what he has done for me is provided the tools. So imagine if you're trying to build a house and you've never built a house before. What a coach has done for me is like having a master carpenter along the way. I still got to swing the hammers. I still got to cut the planks. I still got to build the thing myself. But instead of spending hours and hours and hours looking to find the right tool at the right moment for the right situation, he'll hand me the tool and say, why don't you give this thing a swing? Like, whoa, that's extraordinarily more effective. So I've spent um, and then I'll bring in other coaching along the way as well. But Brian's been along with me for over a decade and been extraordinary resource for me in my growth and development as a human being. Well, I, I truly agree. I mean, like, uh, you know, you, you need to have someone that can mentor you, that can coach you, that can actually bring you towards that success that you really want. And, and, and you can't just go there by yourself. You need a team of people. And also at the same time, you need a coach that can help you. And which is great to actually know your coach has actually gave you the tools and and probably you know give you um the the learning the the learning materials and all this kind of stuff but do you have an exact like example of what he did for you that actually has changed your life that has inspired you that has moved you from where you were at point a and then to point b yeah that's a good question so um, and I could I could probably go on for a quality hour and a half on that one. So um, there's been a lot of pieces, right? I don't think that uh, who I am today is just one singular moment. However, one of the big differences, one of the big perspective changes, and I think that's I think that's a really strong understanding that I I want to share with your audience, is that all of this is is perspective changes. If you you wear glasses, and I'm just gonna use your glasses as an example, right? If, if you went to your ophthalmologist, your eye doctor, and said, hey doc, I can't see well, they put on a new pair of glasses and suddenly you can see clearly. We have this thing called 20-20 vision that says, hey, you know, you can see you can see pretty well. This is, this is about as good as a human gets without, well, yeah. most of us are running around with a pair of glasses that distorts the way we see this world. And one of my distortions, one of the ways I was not seeing clearly is that I didn't recognize that most people were doing the best as they could. I get frustrated. When somebody would would fail to meet my expectations and sometimes those expectations weren't even things i had spoken clearly to them and so one of the reasons and one of the ways that i've shifted from and grown as a leader is one he helped me understand the importance of setting clear expectations and secondly is recognizing and looking to, to ask the question why might this not have gone well for somebody and why how did i as a leader contribute to that failure 
that is the biggest description biggest change i've made as a human um is that was i clear in my expectations what circumstances could have created the the result that was outside of my expectations and how as a leader am i responsible what did i do wrong how did i contribute to this failure because there is not a failure inside anyone's organization that you're the leader that you didn't contribute to at least in some way yeah i agree i agree and you know uh when when you are actually in this career path of being a financial advisor you you need to have a clear vision of where you want to go and how you're going to help these people right and that's why you needed your coach to actually help you out to guide you and you know give you the essential tools for you to become more successful and become more efficient in adding that i would say the supposed value that these people are expecting from you you are actually giving it to them and helping them to grow in terms of the finances in terms of their safety and etc and etc so you know speaking of which right what's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career as a financial advisor yeah it's uh, you know i i think one of the things that i i know to be true right mm-hmm. is that and you shared this when we interviewed you and in such great wisdom is your is your um and then, gosh i'm going to i'm going to butcher you so for, i'm going to quote you while you're sitting right here so fix <laughs> fix this fixes your your effect your effective network is your your applied network is your applied net worth like i i didn't i did not like networking i didn't like networking i got a minute with you right like if you weren't going to do business with me within the next 90 days right or i couldn't figure out how you're going to i i was terrible at it i i didn't i wasn't great at the long game at all and so mm-hmm. you know and there's relationships now that for some reason i just i connected with them right so like i did networking but it, it wasn't intentional i just there were people i just had up just would have spent time with them regardless right and yep. what i'm really misunderstood i didn't get it i didn't get i just didn't get it i didn't get i didn't get how to do it effectively i was terrible at it um i didn't i didn't understand really uh that you're planting seeds that will grow that your future career will, will will rest underneath that those trees will grow and produce fruit and shade for your future career that they pay huge dividends i didn't get that i just didn't get that and so i i would have told myself hey like instead of doing more research get off the computer and go spend an extra 30 minutes you know um out to lunch with somebody right i mean i eat lunch after lunch at my desk and not with people and and um you know i just didn't i don't like golf um i'm an ultra marathon runner uh so <laughs> golf course just looks like a good place to run for me um but yeah networking networking man that's why i love your message and love what you're about and teaching people to do because it is not it was not something i enjoyed doing and there are people i started with in my career in this industry that just they liked it and they liked it and it's given them an advantage over me from time to time that i'm like man like I, I wish I would have done that differently. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I truly agree. Especially networking yeah. when you are younger, when you are starting out, when you are starting out in your finance industry, for example, you need to actually network with more people and not just 
not just your peers, but also network with the mentors and, and all the other people like what you mentioned earlier, because like what I've always been sharing and that is your applied network equals to your net worth because of your effectiveness of networking with these people, you can actually harvest some seeds over there and you can sow and you can reap rewards after that from time to time. And, you know, it, it, it's really great to actually, you know, have you to share that quote that I, I shared on your podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Really, really thank you for that. And I, I would like to ask you this question before we dive deeper into the core focus of our interview, which was about more on leadership itself. So yes. if you could actually turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, yes. what would you tell 18-year-old Carl? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's an easy one for me. That's an easy one for me. That sounds like a hard question, but that's an easy one for me. Are you familiar with the law of association? Familiar so, with this? That you're, the, you're the average. Laws of association. The law of association says that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, okay. I, I hope... I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings that I was friends with at 18 years old. So if they happen to be listening to, to me, I probably shouldn't have been in your association either. But here's what's changed with me dynamically. I am very intentional who gets to spend time with me. Very intentional. Not, not, not in an arrogant way. Not in a, like, you know, you got to have, you know, so much money or drive a certain car or live in a certain house. Not in that way. You got to be living your life a certain way. You got to be approaching life a certain way or I'm not interested in connecting. I wish you well, I wish you peace, I wish you happiness, and I wish you beauty, but we aren't gonna spend time together. If you're not looking to get 110% out of the life you are given, I'm not interested in spending a lot of time with you. If you aren't interested in deep, meaningful dialogue and really getting open and connecting intellectually, I'm not interested in spending time with you. If you aren't living life right on the razor edge of courage, I'm not interested in spending time with you. If you are not interested in growing and, and it just, it's me. It's just because what I found out is here's what happened is when I, I'll share a story. So I just had a, I, I tore my plantar fascia, which is this tendon in the bottom of your foot um, mm -hmm. during training for an ultra marathon. Um, so I ran, a, I ran 50 miles on October 3rd of last year. And in preparation for that, I, I actually tore this tendon. I ran the race anyways. I ran the 50 miles anyways with this tore tendon in the bottom of my foot. Oh, I, well, I've shared I've shared this story with multiple people, but my friend Mona Patel, who is on, on my podcast, who climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and she is, has an amputation on her right leg. She doesn't have a leg from her. She has has a prosthesis from her knee down on her right leg, and she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And you know what she said to me? Of course you did. Why would you give up on your goal? Everyone else is saying to me. I can't believe you did that. And why did you do that? But Mona, Mona is my kind of person, right? Because when she hears that I didn't step back just because of an injury and I didn't give up on my goal just because I wasn't feeling well, she goes, yeah, of course not. And so the thing I would have told myself at 18 years old is find people, find people, even if you have to go work for free, right? Go volunteer, go, go do an internship. But look and find leadership who are living life in the way that you want to at the next level. Not because of the car they drive or the house they live in, but how are they approaching the world? How do they approach challenges? 
How do they approach difficult conversations? Are they lifelong learners? Like, get around those kind of people, and they're going to up your game now. Wow. Really love this. Love these advices that you have, and especially for your 18-year-old self. Man, I truly agree with you in terms of the laws of association. Once you associate yourself with really, really humble yet powerful people and etc., man, you're going to go to places, I would say. That's why it's really important that you actually associate yourself with people and even people like Carl. All right. So for those of you who just tune in onto the live show, the live session, this is the one and only one of the financial experts in the States who is well established and he has been here and he has been doing this for more than two decades already. This guy is phenomenal. You guys can check him out. His name is Carl Sanders. All right. So Carl has shared a lot of golden nuggets and value bombs with us earlier. So if you guys just came in, you can actually watch the replay later on or you can listen to the audio as well. And well, Carl, thank you so much for all of that wisdom. Man, really love it. So now let's shift to the core focus of our interview, which is leadership. All right. So uh, I'm really curious. Can you actually name us this person who has had a tremendous impact on you as a leader? Maybe someone who has been a mentor to you. Yeah. So so I've had I've had a number. I've had a number and some of these people aren't even people I've, I've met yet. So the one thing oh. I want to, I want to, I want to really shake people a little bit is your mentor doesn't like, you don't have to like have coffee with this person, right? Mm -hmm. Is it, so there's a gentleman by the name of Jesse Itzler, I T Z L E R. And so I'm, I'm involved. He has, he has a training program called 30 days of excellence. Um, and he's got a whole thing called build your life resume. Um, I actually did one of his endurance events called 29029, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. It's relevant, but he, he, here's, here's why Jesse is a leader and a mentor to me from a leadership. This guy is extraordinarily successful, like extraordinarily successful. Like he sold a, his first business. He sold to Warren Buffett. I mean, that's, you know, that's getting it done, you know? And yeah, I mean, it's, wow. you know, so, you know, and, but he's humble. He's humble. He's extraordinarily humble. Very, very humble. If you would call this guy a celebrity, he would be bothered by the name and the terminology. I've seen him. Somebody did it. I watched him. He just cringed at the statement because he doesn't see himself like that. Right. He's still out grinding it today and serving. So the biggest thing that I've learned from Jesse is that there is a responsibility when you get to a certain level, true leaders is to teach another person, to share your yeah. wisdom and to share it with others without expectation, share it without just share and serve. And man, does he do that well. And so the, one of the biggest things that I've learned in watching Jesse and being involved in a lot of things that he has available for others is that the heart of true leadership is service. Yeah, this, this is what many sage many gurus have always been mentioning be of service to the people that you are with be it your friends be it your customers all the more you're of service to them all the more they were paid forward to you 
and they will you know buy stuff from you they might even treat you to eat and all this kind of stuff which i truly agree this is something that you know um every leader should have and every people should you know learn this trait this this kind of uh amazing amazing value that even jesse has actually portrayed him, himself to to you and many other people as well yeah and, and don't do it as a game like this is not a it's not a move right mm -hmm. it's, it's i said a harder service not a minded service there's a tremendous difference between those two things like okay. the minded service says is if i go do this nice thing for you then you might do something in return well that the, now mm -hmm. you're serving somebody in your mind right and that okay. might work, right. but it's super unauthentic. And people will pick up on that. When you serve from your heart, it's it's detached from expectations that they're going to do anything in return for you. Because what I've experienced is that I'll go out and I'll do something extraordinarily kind for somebody, right? That literally okay. is not in a position to repay me at all. They just aren't. There's no way they're going to do anything in return. And, and, and the phone will ring and it'll be a deal of the lifetime. I did nothing like it just shows up. It just shows up. So to me, like it's a heart of service and detachment that that person is going to do anything or be able to do anything in return for you. Just show up and serve. Nice, nice, nice. So, you know, you actually shared about Jesse Itzler and also at the same time what he has done for you and and what how he has actually impacted you as well mm -hmm. right so what are the what are in your opinion right what are the characteristics that you believe every leader should possess yeah is, is it is it the heart of service or and and is that's there one of anything them. else anything yeah else there's a lot of others yeah like? so 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 i i think there's there's some definitely some core characteristics of leadership humility i mentioned earlier humility is a huge one right yep. So, because if you think you know everything, then you, you're done learning, right? Curiosity. Leaders should be curious. They, they should be, you know, and, and I, I use that word curious because if we approach things with curiosity, it's easier to be less worried about failure because I'm just, I'm just curious what might happen here and I'm curious what the outcome might be. It helps you mm -hmm. overcome that fear of perfection and that fear of failure is just a heart of curiosity, right? Okay. Heart of service, right. as I mentioned. Yeah. Four is grit. Grit. I mean, st stuff's going to get hard. I mean, I, if you're running a business, you know, we don't yeah. even, we don't need a pandemic to make things difficult for an entrepreneur. We just need Tuesday. Right. Just an average Tuesday can throw its wrinkles at you, you know? And so yes. you got you to you have grit. You got to have grit. You got a vision, all right? And so mm -hmm. you got to be somebody who can both see the process and the destination, right you can't be so deep in the weeds so vision is key right like if right. we're all standing there and hey boss where are we going today and they're looking and they're looking at the map and they can't figure out where they're going next they have no vision mm -hmm. that ain't gonna work that's not gonna work at all so humility service grit yep. right vision and this is the, this is the last one for me you gotta yep. have passion you gotta have yep. passion right mm -hmm. Like you gotta like you gotta be somebody who like if you don't care what you're doing, how do you expect anyone else to? If you don't believe yeah. in what you're like, if, if you just show up, you're like, hey guys, so what we're going to do today is like are you serious? Are you serious? 
Like, you have got to have passion to be a leader. You can be an okay-ish leader, right? One of my favorite stories. It's in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. He talks about the CEO of, of Kimberly Clark. Well, Kimberly Clark okay. is, a, is the largest consumer paper company in the world. They used to not be. And yeah. at their annual shareholder meeting, the, the CEO said, hey, guys, we're gonna, whole, to the whole company, we're going to have a moment of silence. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. business stories of all times. Because we're going to have a moment of silence. And he had, had, they have, so they have the moment of silence. And mm-hmm. he says that was for Procter & Gamble, who used to be the number one consumer company, uh, paper company in the world. Well, Kimberly okay. Clark wasn't even the number one yet. I think they were number three at this point. He's literally okay. speaking to an existence and passion, like having a moment of silence for this future butt kicking that he planned to lay upon another company. That's what I'm talking about. And that's why they got to where they got and why that company has grown to where they went. Because the CEO had the passion, the passion to bring it. Nice. Well, this, this is a really great characteristics that I believe leaders should have. So for those of you who are tuning in, if you are a leader, do, let me ask you guys a question. And that is, do you have these characteristics for yourself? Right. So I can see that there's quite a number of you that's from Singapore, that's also from US, that's also from other parts of the world that are actually tuning in uh, and they have actually liked this uh, you know, video and they have been watching it. And and yeah, it's it's true that, you know, you need to you need to actually have all these traits like passion, um, humility. You need to be really having that heart of service to actually be there right for these people to serve them and not having the mind of service like Carl actually mentioned because if you're if your mind is just saying that hey I'm gonna help you so that in return you're gonna help me back then that will be a very very bad uh, way to start off things that that will actually cause you more problems and less customers in return that's why it's really re- important to have all these characteristics that he actually mentioned earlier okay and wow and and uh, i would like to actually ask you right just now you actually mentioned one of the characteristics is vision right so in your opinion which one is more important to you is it the mission is it gonna be the core value or is it gonna be the vision that you have in your company or for your your future yeah. in a sense good question so to me it's values values Value. are going to drive every choice you make they just do right okay like, right who so what what are you going to you know the, the old saying is who you are when no one's looking is who you truly are right that's what character is and mm-hmm. so defining defining those things so i think a lot of people have values like this is this is the big misnomer for people i don't know what my values are yeah you do yeah they do they, they, they show up in two in really three instances in your life where they come through is what do you do when things yeah. get difficult right how do you respond to difficulty is going to give you a lot of understanding of your values right mm-hmm. somebody and difficulty can come in a few different flavors somebody wrongs you in your opinion right mm-hmm. you've gotten to just a raw deal whatever that looks like in your world how do you respond to that that's going to tell you a lot of your values right yep how do you how do you deal with physical or an emotional difficulty 
How do you navigate through that? How do you approach that kind of difficulty? And how do you deal with a business difficulty? So difficulty helps us to understand a lot about who we are as people. It's why I'm an endurance athlete is that I intentionally put myself in, in suffering, in true suffering to understand more about who I am. And the more I can get in a suffering state, the more I can understand who I am as a leader, the more I can, in what I call embracing the suck, um, mm -hmm. running for like running for 10, 12 hours consecutively, which I have done. It, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but I am uncovering quickly a lifetime of wisdom about who I am in, in half a day. So yep. suffering is an extraordinarily efficient way to learn about you, who you are. Meditation, believe it or not, is an incredible, great way um, to learn. So in silence, we can also learn. We can learn yep. who we are when we provide our, our mind the ability to sit in silence and peace and truly get connected, right? to whatever you think the origin of your spirit is it makes no difference to me. I believe that that, that our ability to tune into that, right. Comes in moments of, of silence in a meditation. So I, you know, for me, it's understanding those values, right. Getting anchored to them. There's some great books I can recommend. Uh, Brent Mansoir's black sheep values is a great book and David Goggins can't hurt me are also fan two fantastic books to supplement those two, those processes. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in your values are going to drive your mission and your vision. If those are the, your mission and vision aren't anchored to your core values, you aren't going to see them through. You aren't going to see them through because they're not connected to you authentically. And those yeah. values are, are, are your authentic self. So, if you if you have started a business, I, I understand you got a lot of entrepreneurs here, and and so let me speak to them for a moment, if I may. If you're an entrepreneur and this is your second, or third, or fourth gig at this, you've had a couple like not go well. The chances are it's because because whatever your whatever business you're building isn't grounded to you authentically. You don't yeah. know who you are, and so you're trying to go out and do this thing called being an entrepreneur. Well, who you are anywhere is who you are everywhere. And you've got to know who you are to build a business that's authentic to you. So, yeah, values on that one, easy. Nice. So, speaking of values, right? So, how do you actually communicate your core values to your team? Yeah, so we've gone through exercises as an organization um, to identify our individual values as people. We've gone through exercises as an organization, and then we hired values, not competency. So, so every person that we hire into this organization um, meets the values of the organization. So we use valuing values is our, is our intake process as people. And so uh, people who live by the values, it leaves clues, it leaves revenants, it leaves residue, right? So you can see it the way they live and choices. So we have questions we ask in the interview process, the ground finding that those clues behind for somebody who lives by their values. Um, and that's like, that's, that's, that's all I can say is that, so we don't, the, the, the easiest way to not have to run around preaching values is to high, hire people who live that way already. Right. Mm, I agree. So, so the big thing we do is we just, we hired from that place. And because of that, um, when I talk about it, 
it just comes like I'm not the only one preaching it. We're all catching it. We're all seeing it. We're all recognizing it. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you want to hire people, make sure that they are of the same value as you. If you are going long, the long game together with these people, you are able to reach your success for this company even faster and you are able to actually grow the company and build a brand, build this empire even faster for yourself. So speaking of which, how do you actually encourage your team members, your 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 employees in your organization to actually communicate the core values among themselves? Yeah. So we meet monthly and we have what we call a fireside chat. Um, so oh. I don't know if you think about think about any civilization, right? You take a, the, the photographs of, of, of ancient civilizations, right? Yeah. There's that time around the fire and they're cooking whatever they're cooking, whatever, whatever that is at that time for that culture, you know, and they're in conversation. And what are they doing? They're sharing stories, right? They're telling mm-hmm. stories of the time between the last time they connected and this time between the fire, right? Between the fire. And so we have what we call fireside chats. Now, I live, I, you know, this is a commercial building, so we can't catch things on fire that I don't think our insurance would cover that. But what <laughs> I do is I, I bring in food um, and we sit down and we share stories. Nice. And the stories are really around when, we caught, when we've caught, we've caught, we've, we've witnessed, we've experienced somebody right. else living their values, sharing their values, whether that's internally or what that's with a customer or a client. But when they've demonstrated one of the core values of our organization, um, and I'll give you an example. Um, yeah. So I, I'd emailed one of my team members to do something, and it was a busy week, lots of things going on. I couldn't. She like this individual was very very busy. I was busy. I came to her and said, "Hey, did you did you do that task I'd asked you to do?" She kind of looked at me, blank stared, and said. I don't recall you asking me to do that. I said, I, I thought I sent you an email. And in that interaction, I couldn't recall whether I'd sent the email or not. Right. I said, well, my apologies. You know, so first and foremost, I, as a leader, I'm not blaming her. I don't know. I'm being humble. Right. Truthfully mm-hmm. humble. I said, you're, I don't, I don't, I can't remember. Right. Would you mind doing it for me now though? Yeah. Not a problem. She says, and she jumps right on it. And you know, so the next day she comes up to me. And she says, I just want to let you know, I dug through my inbox and I'm sorry you were right. You had emailed me. I just missed it. Now, I left that interaction thinking, right, that I hadn't sent the email. I hadn't taken one moment to figure it out, whether I had or had not, because I really wasn't worried about it, right? Had she missed the email? She's human. No worries. No big deal, right? Um, And we took care of the customer, but it bothered her. And she wanted to make sure and set the record straight and took ownership of the error, stated integrity, which is one of our core values, right? And I shared with her, we shared this during our fireside chat. I shared the story. I said, you know, one of the things that give up that we, I know as an organization matters most is an integrity. And if we can't have integrity with each other, we won't have integrity with our clients. And so I wanted to have just a moment to recognize this team member for this moment of integrity. So that's what, that's what we do is we have, uh, we have fireside chats and those conversations are primarily focused on, we don't talk, we only talk about finances and the financials of what's going on quarterly. Um, Mm -hmm. but we talk, 
but we have these fire chat side chats monthly and the focus is, is on the values in every one of them okay well nice so this five side chats that you have right do you do you actually you know set aside specific times to actually cast vision to them to your employees and other leaders in in, in your in your organization or is it a separate thing that you do when it, when it comes to this yeah so we do we do annual vision and goal setting um mm -hmm. already so where we're going as an organization that's that's a, a couple day process that we go through of where we're going this year um, when we do those quarterly so once a quarter we i update the team where we are on those goals and visions and then yeah once in a while like i gotta i gotta fire the troops right um yeah. I, you know it, 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 but i think it's pretty obvious i'm a pretty passionate guy you know yes, you are. and so here's the truth right like i'm like this all the time i'm like this all the time right so like i'm i'm pouring energy into my team pretty consistently um and connecting with them so that's just that's just part of it and you know we've watched i've watched people i've been so humbled by this just it's, it's unbelievable i've watched people who, who worked here go out and run the first marathon and they weren't runners before we just had somebody accomplish a designation and that's uh normally about a four to six week uh four to six month commitment they worked through it getting their first designation in three weeks Wow. Right? Just cranking it, right? So, and I share that with you because passion is contagious. Passion, yeah. passion is very, very contagious. And so I don't I don't bring passion like, well, at Monday at one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to be passionate. It's just who I am. And I've watched that um, spill into people and watch them approach their lives and, and really question limits they've sent for themselves. Um, and I and they've been so uh, kind to share with me that a contributing factor of that is the fact that I show up with a boatload of passion all the time. Nice. Well, well, that's that's great. I mean, to to actually learn about how you actually uh, set aside time to actually cast a vision quarterly and, and annually, and then after that, you also even have fireside chats with your team members your employees wow that that's really amazing and that, that's what every leader should be doing in a sense and that's what you actually shared earlier on in terms of the characteristics that they should have which includes passion and vision and and all the other stuff that you have mentioned man this this how i wish you are my my boss man <laughs> oh, how I wish we are partnering up together to do some stuff together, right? Well, I, 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 race it. I got, a, I got a feeling this is. I don't think this is the last go, brother. I don't think this is the last go. I'm having too much fun with you. So, oh yeah, uh, you know, we're both young. We're both young, and this yes. virus will be over soon, man. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I just, um, we're just early in this journey, my friend. We're early in the journey. Yes, superbly early, and and. You know, just now we were actually mentioning a, a lot about the characteristics of leaders. So in your opinion, right, what do you think are the biggest challenge leaders are facing today? Um, yeah, that's an easy one. I, I, I really think the biggest challenge leaders face today is what I what I like to call is uh, apathy is apathy. Like I, I like I'm not like I don't know how to say this in another way. Right but like I, I 
who cares what you did last Tuesday? Like, I got all kinds of, I like when I get a reward, a more, an award for what I've accomplished in my life, the yeah. first place the majority of those awards go is the trash. Mm-hmm. I throw them away because that's what I did yesterday. That's what I did yesterday. I don't, the them, I don't hang them on the wall. I literally, like, I oh. get these awards, I get these trophies, I get these recognitions. And I'm like, hey, that's wonderful. And I walk out to the dumpster and I throw them away. And here's why. Because I think hanging that stuff on your wall makes you lazy. Makes you lazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, all your, that's living your life in the rearview mirror, right? You're running the race. It's not over. And so I think the biggest challenge leaders have is that I think a lot of corporations have way too many trophy cases hanging around <laughs> for the things they did. You know, who gives a dang? Who cares? I'm not impressed. I'm not. Like, what makes a great leader is what are you doing today that earns you the right to mentor and lead me now? Yeah. Totally. You got, it's, it's, a, it's a tick. You got, the ticket price is paid daily. Leadership mm-hmm. isn't like, well, I, I, want, I got my MBA. Well, Merry Christmas. Congratulations, right? That's great, right? I, I read this, I, I ran this, 500 people organization and I, I led it to a transition and sold it to XYZ company. Wonderful. That's great. What are you doing now? And so the leaders that inspire me the most are the ones that are still out grinding it. They're out yeah. working. They're out doing. They're out and creating. They're out impacting. Mm-hmm. And they're in the trenches. They, they, you know, so, and I think there's a lot of permissibility in the society today to say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to follow that guy because he was successful. I'm going to follow that gal because she was successful. Hey, look, that person might have gotten lucky, right? They might have gotten lucky, yeah. you know. And so don't, don't, you know, don't, don't get mistaken by fancy cars and fancy rings and fancy watches, right? The thing yeah. that we should be all looking for is somebody who's out grinding it still when they don't need to be. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I truly agree. I truly agree. I, I, unless if you are a big fan of watches like me, then it's okay. You, you can get it. <laughs> but but of course you it, it's uh it, no it's, no, no. Uh, I, I'm I'm okay having nice stuff, right? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like it's I shouldn't okay follow your leadership just because you have one, right? Yeah, correct. Like you could like that's 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 fine, right? Like yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You know, you could be yeah. renting that thing, right? You could have borrowed that from a buddy or something, you know. I mean, you don't know. You know, yes. and it's, it's leadership. Like leadership is, is I want to find, man, find me the person who, who like, find me the person who doesn't need to be yeah. right. Like that's right. why I have such adoration while his, his language is a little hard to get. Like, I don't play David Goggins videos for my kids. Cause the language isn't, he, he speaks words that I'd rather my six and eight year old not know yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. right? right. But he has no need. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be doing what he's doing. But he's yes. out there cranking it, going after it, right? Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, right? I don't even know, want to know how much money that guy has, right? But he's still showing up and leading and getting it right. He's been leading JP Morgan since for the last 15 plus years. Is one of the most successful banks in the world through 08, yes. through pandemics, through everything, right? Like, leadership is not what you did yesterday. And so I think the biggest challenge is, is that people think like leaders are leading people who think that just because they were successful last year, that they can rest on their laurels, right? 
And so I think the biggest thing that leaders can do is not show up that way. They got to keep pushing themselves and challenging themselves and asking more of themselves. And it's hard. It's hard. If you're in an organization and leaders showing up that way, there's not a lot of places for excuses to hide. Right. Like when a leader shows up that way, that's like, it gets rat poison, man. Just kill. You got any rats that are trying to hide and scurry in the corners and, get away with that garbage, man. Like you show up and you're grinding it and you're pushing it and you're going after it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Man, that's, that's like rat poison to excuses. <laughs> True. I, I totally agree with you. Like leaders should be the one grinding it out, should be going out at war together with their, com- com- their commanders, their compatriots, rather than, you know, Hey, you just go and do this, go, do that. Right. 100%. It's, it's just- it's just like a manager that's and they should you. be the first one in mm-hmm. like if you're going to battle the leader shouldn't be in the back of the line letting everyone else get take the first flack no that leader should be in the front right taking yes. the damage taking the collateral damage like if there's something tough that needs to be done in this organization a hard conversation unfortunate mm-hmm. news we need to share what have you i make that call every single time i do it right I'm going to say if, if something's going to go down and it's going to go down with discomfort, I'm jumping on that grenade every single time. Why? Why? Because there's going to be a time where somebody needs to jump on a grenade that I'm not around, that I'm on vacation with my family or whatever. And I want my team to look at each other and I want them to say to my themselves, oh, Kyle, jump on this. Mm-hmm. And we better, too, because he's not here to do it. And he'd do it for us. He's done it many times. Right. Yeah. And so not only do they need to lead into war, go into war with their team, they need to lead into war. Yeah, I see. Then what do you think is the one mistake you witness leaders making more frequently than others? <laughs> Talking and not doing. Talking and not uh-huh. doing. Talking and not yeah. doing. Yeah. Man, oh, man, oh, man. The run, they, they run, forgive me for saying it this way, but they run their mouth, but the feet don't move, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to say much, you know? Leadership, leadership is spoken. Like, if you need to run around and tell people what your values are, if you need to run around and tell people how great of a leader are, you are, you probably suck. You probably aren't very good of a leader, right? You know? Yes. So, you know, your actions are going to speak far more than what you say. And so if you, you know, just do and lead and, and lead it by how you show up. And if you are curious why no one's following you, right, it probably means you need to get out the file and sharpen the saw and leadership. Yeah, totally, totally. So what is the one behavior or trait that you have seen that actually derail more leaders careers mm. you know that's that's that that's a powerful question because here's here's what i know about leadership for myself is that i don't really look around a ton to what others are doing and mainly because um i don't i don't think there's there's a lot of great leaders out there today um but i, I think the great ones aren't talking as much. And so they, they just show up and lead. And so 
you have to get really curious. You have to get focused on that. So, you know, I, I think one of the things that for me is that they stop growing. They just stop growing. They, they, they get to a certain place and they say, well, that's good enough. Or, you know, they don't recognize the responsibility that comes with leadership. And to me, it's a very humbling thing. Like when I walk in my front door and there's people here whose families depend on my decisions. And that is extraordinarily humbling. And as my organization's grown and the amount of people dependent upon me, it's very humbling. And how do I honor that? I honor that become by becoming a better leader tomorrow than I was today, because the better leader I am, the better their careers do. Just that simple. And so, to me, I think the biggest mistake. And people, people can tell. They 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 look at the lead horse. They look at that person pulling the cart that they've, you know, that they're in, and going. I don't think that horse has got a lot of legs left. I don't think we're going very further. Well, so to me, I think leaders always have to be growing. That's that's to me. Yep, I agree. Like what we've mentioned earlier in your podcast as well, uh, you know, the people who don't grow, man, they're gonna rust. They they're gonna rust to to the crust, man. They are gonna be, they are not they are not going to be reward, be something that's re, rewarding themselves in the sense where they're gonna be of service to other people in the long run because it's just, you know, some something that is just. I would say fundamentally flawed because they do not have the desire to to improve on themselves so that they can better serve other people, and they stuck to the they're stuck with the '80s mindset or even the '90s mindset. Then it will be all gone. It will be very very bad, and that's yeah. why it's it's really important to actually grow, like what you mentioned. And and I would like to ask you, right? You know, to, um, what advice? Would you actually give someone who is actually going into a leadership position for the first time? I tell them to go walk in the woods. Tell them to go walk someplace quiet, in the woods and oh. forest. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna tell this person, go take a day, and I want you to go walk in the woods, right? Hopefully, there's one near where you are, right? Forest, <laughs> woods, the beach. Yeah. Right. I want you to get away from people, right? Oh, and I want okay. you to take I want you to take a notebook with you, okay? And I want you to write down a few questions, and I want you to go walk, and think and meditate on some questions. First question I'm going to ask you is why do you want to be a leader to begin with? Hmm. Okay. And if your answer is why well, I want to make more money, this is not going. I'm going to tell you right now, this isn't going to go very well for you, <laughs> right? True. The second one is how are you going to model and demonstrate vulnerability and courage to the people you lead? So how are you going to show up vulnerably? How are you going to show up with courage to the people you lead? How are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to spend time right, thinking about what are your core values? How are you, what, what are you going to ground every decision to, every, every choice to, everything you share to? What are, what are your values? And I'm going to ask you just to walk on these questions, spend time on these questions. I might ask you and encourage you to sit and, and create a few questions your own that you're going to meditate and walk on away from others. And I want you to go inside yourself because as a leader, if this is truly a leadership position, there may be nobody to look up to. If you are truly successful as a leader, at some point you will climb to the top of the ladder where there's no one above you. 
And so you've got to learn how to look within and find the answers yourself. And so the first step in becoming a great leader is learning how to find silence and find direction in your life internally and not externally. Paul, this is really, really profound. This is really great. This is really great, great question. And, and man, and, and I mean, like, great answer to my question. And this is something that I truly believe you guys should actually practice it. And I'm going to try it out tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to update you guys how this method really works, you know, and how, how this has impacted me as well. And man, so, so I would like to actually ask you, right, um, what are you actually doing to ensure that you continue to grow and develop as a leader? Yeah, thank you for that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I do. I do a number of things, right? So I mentioned I've got the coach. I'm in a couple different coaching programs. So I'm yeah. surrounding myself with with experts, not just in my industry, right? Like these people aren't in my industry. Secondly, you can see you can see those. That's just a few books. I mean, I, I'm I'm a ferocious reader. So whether that's you know audio books, t- actual real books, I read all the time. Um, and I read in areas outside of my core competency, um, but all of I don't le- I don't read fiction. I don't read fiction at all. Uh, sorry, okay. um, on occasion, <laughs> right? Maybe on vacation, but yep. I don't, don't traditionally read fiction books. I'm reading memoirs of people who have been places and done things that I find inspiring and impactful. Um, oh. So I, I, you know, I'm reading, you know, I've read, I've read all the books and people I've made mention. And, and so, uh, secondly, my podcast, man, I mean, like that's been, don't tell, don't tell my guests this, it's a secret, right? Is that (laughs) I interview people I want to learn from, you know, like if, if somebody reaches out and says, I want to be on your podcast, you know, first question is, do I think they can teach me anything? So the little Mm. secret, I get to spend an hour in conversation every week, if not longer with people who could teach me something, you know, and I'm yep. taking notes and I'm learning. I'm like, this is like, this is, this is ridiculous. What a gift. What a gift. So mm-hmm. the podcast has been a way I've amplified that. I mentioned my, my endurance. So, yeah. Um, now right now I, I, I just had surgery last Friday. So I'm a little, in a little bit of a, a break from this, but I spend time in suffering when I'm, when I, I guess I am now, cause they, they cut open the bottom of my foot, but I spent, so I guess I'm suffering just walking around, but I spend time in meditation daily and suffering daily. So, and I know that sounds insane to say, but it, they're yep. both ends, different ends of the spectrum. So um, last year between January 1st and October 5th, before my injury, I ran 1,050 miles cumulatively. So- oh, Wow, that's yeah. a lot, man. That's a lot of, dis- that's, that's a lot of distance. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a lot of maybe we can flip that to kilometers for the for the audience. I imagine there's more kilometer people than there is mile yeah. people on on mm-hmm. on that are listening in here. But um, so uh, you know, every six miles is 10k. So just you know, Jesus. so just to give you a <laughs> if you give you a a kilometer conversion. So that's a lot of that's a lot of distance uh, ran. So that's Man, a lot of suffering. Fun. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of suffering for your knee as well, man. I mean, like, uh, yeah, so I've had two surgeries. I've had two minor surgeries, minor outpatient surgeries, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And, and someone just asked me this morning, will you keep running? Yeah. Like, yes. Like, what that kind of questions that 100%. 100%. You know, I mean, your, your, your car needs a tire rotation. Do you stop driving your car? I mean, it's just, you know, I needed some tweaks. You know, I put a thousand and fifty miles on my body last year. So I'm gonna approach things a little differently. But so, you know, for me, it's I'm I'm growing and like if I don't grow in a day, it's just I don't I don't know what to do with the day. It's just a measurement. Um, it's who I am. Um, you know, like I, this is what I can just if you come and you meet me ten years from now, I won't be the same person you spoke. I, I talk that you met today. I won't be. I will be yeah. in somebody somebody entirely differently. And for the and that will be that person will be a better, grander, and greater version of, of the person you're meeting today. That I can guarantee. I can't guarantee much else other than that. And it's because I constantly am finding ways to be better. I, I'm very introspective as a human. I know I have more room to grow and places to grow as a person. I'm honest with that. And and not out of judgment. That's the biggest thing I've learned, right? Like yep. we're all frail and messed up as human be human beings. And our journeys have brought us here with our own opportunities to grow. I have my own. You have yours, right? You know, yep. I'm not going to judge what yours are because I've got my own things I, I, that are jacked up about me, right? Mm -hmm. But what I'm, I'm, I'm honest about it, you know, and I'm, and some of them I haven't figured out yet. Still trying to figure out how to fix it, right? I don't, I haven't. Some of them may be part of some part of them may be my part of my human condition for my entire life. I don't know yet. You know, I, I, I don't accept that to be the truth, but it might be. Yes. Wow. Wow. This this is deep. This is really deep, deep conversation that we we have with Kyle. Man, this is a really amazing. And and uh, before we go to one of our last question, right? Uh, I, I would like to actually ask you, right? What are the few resources you would actually recommend to someone who's looking to gain insight into becoming a better leader? Yeah, yeah. So I've mentioned a few of them here. Um, yeah. I probably could spend a quality hour just listing books. So I would recommend first and foremost, somebody pick up um, any of Brene Brown's work, Dr. Brene Brown, PhD. Um, nice. so whether that's, uh, you know, uh, daring greatly or rising strong or any of her books, it really talks about the human relationships, trust, interconnections. I would encourage somebody to read one of the most famous books, how to win friends and influence people. Um, that is one of the most incredible books. It was the very beginning. The, one of the origins of my, um, I would encourage them to read Dr. Wayne Dyer any of Dr. Wayne Dyer's books, um, specifically um, Change Your Thoughts and Change Your Life. It's actually based upon the wisdom of the Tao, um, the Tao Te Ching, um, which is, uh, I suspect you're probably familiar of, of that text, ancient text. So um, maybe not. Um, I, I am, I'm a big believer in diving into spiritual text of others. So with the Bhagavad Gita, um is an incredible it's it's the um ancient indian text as well so i've, I've spent time reading the gita um as well 
Um, I would encourage people to read uh, Good to Great and Built to Last by Jim Collins. Um, yeah. Those are really, really powerful books from a leader from a leadership perspective. Um, I mentioned I mentioned uh, already Brent Mensoir, Black Sheep Values, and I mentioned uh, yeah. David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, um, as well. So I would encourage uh, Jesse Itzler's Living with the Seal um, as well. Incredible book. Um, so he actually had a Navy seal live with him. Um, so, you know, I could, I could go on. These are just, um, some, some of the books I've read. Um, and I, I think one of the things that I think people, you know, don't get is that, um, someone takes in 400, you know, Charlie Ingalls running man, another incredible book. Um, the guy ran across the Sahara desert, literally ran across the Sahara desert. Um, is that I can pull wisdom. So Charlie Ingalls' book, he was a, he was a recovered cocaine and crack addict. He became one of yeah. the most like incredible. Well, so one piece of wisdom, one piece of wisdom from that whole book is in his lowest moment, he recognized no one's coming to come and save me. Right? He's laying on the ground. Cops are searching his car. It's really tragic and scary moment. And he recognized yeah. no one's going to come and save you. I read that whole book, 304, that one piece of wisdom. So the biggest thing I'll tell people is it's not what you read. It's how you read what you read. It's not what Mm. you read. It's how you read what you read. Are you looking to be entertained? Right? Because if that's so, that's a whole different experience. Then are you seeking, is this a journey of curiosity and wisdom and to growth and development? And which is it? Are you showing up in this book when you're reading this book, leaning into it to say, what is being shared with me right now? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you show up that way, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a whole, whole different experience as compared to you having just wanting to have brain orgasm. Like, oh, yes, I learned a lot. But then when it comes to implementation, you ain't implementing it at all. And damn, that's very bad. Like, like what I mentioned in your podcast earlier, right? Yep. 2014, uh, before 2014, I was reading books and then I, was, I wasn't doing anything at all. I was just pro- probably practicing one or two, but not every single thing that I've actually learned from them. So yep. that's why I, I failed. I, I, I flung in my, in my first career as a Japanese clinic nurse. So that's why I truly believe, you know, you need to actually take action rather than um, going to to just read and just be entertained by these authors because their yeah. work is their job is not to entertain you. Their job is to not just entertain you, but to mesmerize you and with their wisdom and, and their and, and their strategies and their techniques and tactics and to help you out to ease through your probably your first business or, or whatever that you're you're looking at doing. And yeah. And before we come to the last question of our show, I would like to actually ask, uh, say hi to Sri, who is actually based in Indonesia. So she have a question, and that is, how does leadership encourage team members to express their concerns and idea about the business? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to take that one, or you got that, Rayson? Because that's Sri. That's a beautiful question. Well. Uh, the the podcast is all about you, so I will let all you right. take that question. So, first. humility, 
That's why one of the anchor stones of humility, and what I asked in in this walk to the woods, the question of how are you going to demonstrate vulnerability and courage, right? Is that you if you show up and act like you have all the answers, then you make your team feel as though they should too. But if you're willing to share vulnerability and you're willing to share humility as an anchor and corner values of you as a human and you as an organization, and you celebrate people who ask brave and daring questions, right? So it's, it's how do you show up in that moment? So somebody might ask a, a question to you that seems basic, mm-hmm. but it's not to them. And you see that yeah. as the questions are acts of intelligence. They're how we learn. And so first it's humility, it's humility, it's vulnerability that you show and you share that you don't have all the answers and that you're seeking, seeking those and you, you're willing to, to go at that state. And then it's, it's in the moment of when you get that question is how do you respond to it? Hmm. Do you recognize that if you're trying to grow those people, that person as a leader, that part of that process and experience is questions and do you celebrate them mm-hmm. or do you, do you, do you see them as nuance, nuance, like a nuisance and, and brushing them away like a, a distracting fly? So, so it's two, it's two things. It's how you show up, Right. That's going to welcome and create the environment to allow that person to feel comfortable asking. And then when the question gets asked, how do you see it? How do you perceive it? And your energy is going to come through, right? If you see that as this is me helping them, this, this person grow and develop, and right, then that's going to come through. If you see this as a distraction and a, and a nuisance, that's going to come through as well. Yep, totally, totally agree with you on that. Man, this, this is something that I believe you guys should actually practice it, not just listen and, and understand that, oh, wow, this this is all value bombs that that actually can be turned into your action steps, right? This, yeah. These are the things that you can actually do and not just listen to it and enjoy. And then after that, wow, I love the show and, that, and I love this episode and that's it. No, you should actually go and practice whatever that's been taught in this very short one hour plus kind of uh, conversation that we have with our guest Carl and this this is really really solid and man wow this this is something that I will be practicing and I've been practicing and I will be adding more and especially the books that you have re- Thank you you know, that. recommended over there wow I will really go and check them out and 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 I just want to ask you this final question Okay. Mm-hmm. If you actually, if you actually suddenly lose everything, okay, suddenly lose everything in terms of your, your, your business, your assets, and everything else, what would you do in the next thirty days? Mm. So everything I, so I still got my wife and my kids, right? <laughs> of course. You, okay. Okay. You just course, take. So I'm, I'm just broke. I'm just flat broke. Fat broke. Fat broke. Not a problem. Not a problem. So here's here's the first thing. I practice detachment. So who I am is not what I have. Who I am is not my bank account. It's not the businesses I run, the multiple businesses I run. It's not my house, my car. It's not all my investments or you know investment properties or all these other things I have. It's not. Mm-hmm. So number one, what I've got is distinct advantage over everyone else is I don't care if I lose it all tomorrow. I don't care. No worries. 
because I'm going to walk into that situation with all the things that I said I would tell myself at 18 mm-hmm. and I'm going to come out and I'm going to start networking. I'm going to start building relationships. I'm going to start connecting. Right. And I can tell you the reason I lost my business isn't because of a moment of integrity loss or a lapse of integrity. Right. Mm-hmm. So people, so it's really going to be, I'm going to be introspective probably for four or five days because I could assure you that opportunities are going to come and I'm going yeah. to stay calm. I'm going to stay patient. And I'm going to select the next direction for my life. So I think the biggest thing that somebody can do to be ready for that moment, number one, I embrace suffering, right? I mean, I've literally ran for 10 hours straight, right? Intentionally. There was not a bear chasing me. So is is that that I like okay, and what? I don't I don't care. Like I don't care. Like it, it just super like I have a lot of investments. I have a lot of resources, but they aren't who I am. So, so I'm going to persevere from that moment because one is not where I've anchored my identity. I don't care. They're just things. They're just stuff. It's just money, right? As long as I have enough money to put food on the table for my family at the end of each and every day, the rest of it is just gravy. So, and I like tents anyways. So my kids would just think it was an adventure. I'd be like, Hey, we're going to be in a tent for a little bit. So the first thing I said, just start building relationships and having conversations with people. I know that my pathway of opportunity is going to be directly connected to the people I connect with first in those 30 days. Right. You know, and quite candidly, I grew up on a farm. Grew up on it on, on I grew up in an agricultural area. So candidly, first thing I'm going to probably do is go find out how I can go do some labor so I can get some money in while I'm figuring out what I'm going to go to do next. So I'm going to go rake some leaves, maybe go serve tables. You know, wait, wait some tables. I know how to do that. So, and I'm going to stay patient and I'm going to know that who I am hasn't changed one iota because of what I have. This is really solid, solid content advice that you have actually shared with us. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, before we end the show, I would like to know how can my audience get in touch with you? Well, first, I want to congratulate everyone. You've tuned into an incredible guy here. So everyone who's listening to Rayson, you've got a just an awesome guy in your corner. And so please keep enjoying his content. If hearing what I've had to say inspires you want to learn more about what I'm sharing out in the world, you can find us on Instagram's my main social platform, just Legacy on Purpose. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple iTunes and pretty much anywhere you can get uh, a podcast, which is just legacy on purpose as well. And you can find us online at legacy on purpose podcast.com legacy on purpose podcast.com. So, but I just, I race I just want to thank you, man. Like you are a light into the world. My friend, you are sharing such tremendous wisdom. Your questions are incredible and your purpose and passion bleeds through and all you speak And so thank you for the gifts you're sharing in the world. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your story in this journey with you. Truly an honor. Well, well, thank you so much for the compliments, man. And, and man, my, my heart was like beating very fast when you were saying all that. And, and I was like, wow, man, didn't expect this from you. And man, I also would like to thank you for dropping so many value bombs and golden nuggets you know, dishing it out to so many of us and allowing us 
to be empowered for tonight in, in Singapore and of course in, in the US, it's, it's actually early in the morning. Man, and also thank you for taking up your time, one hour plus to actually speak with us, share with us and allow us to be transformed by your knowledge and wisdom. Really, really appreciate it. My honor, my honor. Yes, thank you. And for those of you who are tuning in, uh, you can actually check out Kyle's Instagram handle, Facebook, and even his LinkedIn as well on the caption below as well. You can actually check him out. And man, if you really love this episode, give us a thumbs up, give us a heart to say that you really, really enjoyed this. And I could see so many of you that have been tuning in, people that's from Indonesia, Malaysia, to Singapore, United States of America, and so many other parts of the world. Really appreciate you for supporting the Regacy Show. And stay tuned for the next episode on the Regacy Show on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Spotify, iTunes that will be happening next week, which we have a very amazing motivational, inspirational entrepreneur and speaker that will be coming onto the podcast. And he has been dubbed as one of the best speakers that has ever appeared on CNBC and CNN and all the other, all, all, any other radio stations that he has been featured in the States. A lot of them loved his content as much as we love Kyle as well and his content as well. He has a lot of amazing, amazing golden nuggets and experiences that he will be sharing with us next episode. And we have a lot more amazing guests that are coming onto our podcast in the weeks to come. We are, we are pretty much booked for April and May as well. So you guys stay tuned for that. And with that, I'd like to wish everyone a great evening and also great morning in America as well and other parts of the world. Have a amazing week ahead. All right. So take care. Stay Thank tuned. You. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Regacy Show. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time, like, comment and share this episode out to your people to your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show